you're listening to the PwC Podcast, AEW Full Gear Review, with your hosts, Jimmy and Chris. You didn't. You didn't. You're too busy blowing snot bubbles and going unconscious. So I guess you didn't tap. So I'm going to make this real simple for everybody. I'm going to end this. November 7th, full gear. I quit. You're going to verbalize it for the entire world. I'm going to beat and torture you until I get my friend back or I end you. Now, finally, for once, when things don't go your way, you'll have nobody else to blame but yourself. Hello and welcome to the PWC Reviews as we review AEW Full Gear. How you doing, Jimmy? Yeah, not too bad, man. Just a little bit hot. It's like 30 degrees down here, man. But at least I got my freedom oh, back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can actually walk around outside now. That's great. First time in like eight months, right dude. On. Eight, nine months. So it's a good day, man. Very cool. <laughs> While it lasts. For sure. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Are they talking about uh, hitting you back up with that or what? No, you know what? It's been 11 days without any cases or death, oddly enough. Okay, right on. Before that, we are getting hundreds and thousands and shit, and now suddenly we got nothing for like 11 days. So hell yeah, why not? Apparently, no more COVID doesn't exist anymore here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. Joe Biden's the president and COVID's gone. Well, before we actually get into, yeah, exactly. Before we get into wrestling, speaking of Biden, do you think Trump would have a chance of actually staying president? Uh, I, I kind of don't. Um, but I mean, we'll see. Like, you know, my politics, dude, I'm in the center. I don't, I, I, I don't think that who the president is makes a big difference. Like not a really big difference for the world, but, um, We'll see what happens. You know, Trump's going to fight it tooth and nail right to the end. And uh, I don't know, like, you know, Al Gore was president for like, th- was president elect for like 32 days at one point. So we'll see what happens. Was he for 32 days? They So they had called the election for him because uh, they had called Florida for him. And you yeah, remember. there was a 32 day span there where people were pretty sure he was going to get elected. And then after they did a bunch of recounts and stuff, uh, no, we got Bush for for. Yeah, I actually years, remember so. that. I remember that now, but I didn't recall him actually being president for like thirty-two days. Well, he was elect. He was so so like right now, Joe Biden like is Biden president is, elect, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which means that he's waiting because it's not until January twentieth that the new president actually takes over. So. All right. Well, anyway, we better get back onto the wrestling, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Fuck politics. Let's talk about rest. (laughs) So, bro, I got to be honest with you. Like, for me personally, watching this show, I feel like the absolute best stuff that they had was on the damn pre-show. You think? Oh, dude. Like, 
it was a half hour long. There was a solid 10 minute match. It wasn't, you know, Deeb and Kay aren't like going to be winning any awards for that match or whatever, but it was oh, a no, solid it was, match. It was solid. There was some really good chain wrestling. It was, it was a good match. And then, so, okay, let's, let's, let's slow down here and let's just talk about that first. And then we'll, we'll get into the other thing that I liked on the pre-show. What'd no, you think of the match? I thought it was decent. I mean, couldn't complain. I mean, I was expecting it to be a little bit better though. And actually I was surprised it was on yeah. the pre-show. Wasn't that supposed to be on the main card? No, I think that they had always sort of decided to put it on the pre-show and I don't know. I kind of liked it being there. I think it gave it the right focus in the right place. Cause if you put that on the same, put that show next to the other women's match tonight and it just makes AEW look like garbage. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. you know what I mean because it's we'll for the that, NWA but... title, so they got it. They had to they had to put it in the right spot, and I think they did the right thing by putting it on the pre-show. I would have liked to have seen them get a little more time too, but I mean, they had ten minutes and they killed it. I, I feel like it was actually one of the better matches on the night because it it was simple. You know, Kay was focusing on the neck quite a bit, and uh, Dee was able to overcome. <laughs> well, thank God for that, man. So, I mean, Alison Kay looks yeah, looks like a big girl, man, compared to, to I mean, fuck. Sorry for twisting my words, but compared to Dave, she looks huge, man. Oh yeah, dude, dude. Like Kay looks like a Kay looks like a badass. Like she looks like she could hurt somebody. Um, and they already have like at least one gigantic badass in the AEW women's division, <laughs> but. Uh, unlike the other one who we'll get into talking about, I think Kay looks like a badass, but she rarely hurts anybody. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't rate her. Like I think she needs, I don't know if they didn't have like the best chemistry. I mean, Dave definitely like carried that match in my opinion. Anyway, she just, no, yeah, for sure. She needs a bit more. I'm not talking about Dave, but I'm talking about Kay. She just needs a little bit more work, man. To her and she'll be all right. I agree, but I mean, again, like with AEW's roster the way it is right now, like K might automatically be in the top three wrestlers really? for that you women's think? division. Like, well, name people who are higher than her. I think Sheeta's probably a better worker. Sheeta, yeah, for sure, definitely. And who else can work better than Allison K? Do we consider Thunder Rosa part of the roster or? I don't think she's an official roster member. And that's what I'm saying. Like the NWA women's division looks like it's awesome. And the AEW division just looks like garbage. Like <laughs> there's Hikaru Shida. She's pretty solid in the ring. She's uh, I really like everything that she does. Like other than the fact that obviously like she can't speak English very well yet. That's okay for me though. I don't mind like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I watch UFC. I watch boxing. There's lots of people who don't speak English and you still <laughs> learn how to love them because of their personality. Right. Of they course, don't, of course. don't necessarily have to speak the same language. So I don't know. I like Shida. I'm Big Swole's okay. I was going to say but I've, Swole, I've seen, but I wasn't sure. I'm not sure. I've seen a bunch of matches where she botches. Yeah, especially in recent times. I, I am a fan of Swole, though. I think she's got like a lot of potential, yeah. man. But her character... Too, but again, we're at we're Sorry. at two women so far, and we're struggling to like, <laughs> okay, is there a third who's better, like, who's better than Allison K right now? So anyway, my point stands. So there, there's the match. It's good. You know, it's a good little match. If you, if you want to, if you want to see just a good solid wrestling match out of Serena Deeb. And if you want to get a look at Allison K, who apparently is signed to AEW. Apparently. And is a part of their roster now. Take a look. It's a good match. So the next thing that happens is this interview, right? Where they're, they're interviewing Kingston uh, about, you know, what's coming up in the match. And I, oh my God, do I love this interview, dude. I absolutely love this interview because th th there's a point, there's a point where they ask him, what's, what's more important. Is it making Moxley say I quit or is it the title? And I love that he just like stone faces into the <laughs> camera. Right. And he's got like no emotion whatsoever while he says it. And he's just like, there is nothing that is more important than that championship. <laughs> oh my God. God, dude, I love that kind of wrestling because that's how it is in every combat sport, right? There's no, there's no, like, Conor McGregor can hate whoever he wants. 
if he's got the title, he's like, I am the happiest motherfucker in the world. Oh, I don't deal. care. Absolutely. I mean, fuck, man. Kingston's just... Look, he compensates for his look with his fucking talking, man. Like, he's on another level on the stick, man. I think he doesn't even get enough credit. I can't believe there's fans out there that actually shit on him. I mean, that dude is as I... real as you can get. Like, as in... He's reality, like as in he's just like you and I. Like yep. basically, you know what he, I mean? How he does you, come off that way. Yeah. Like, how can you not like get behind him? Come on. All right. So the other part of this uh, pre-show that I really loved was the interview that they did with uh, Kingston. Uh, and they're talking about the match. And holy crap, dude, I love watching this guy work. Um, they ask him, you know, oh, what's more important? Is it making Moxley say I quit or is it getting this AEW championship? And I, oh man, I loved his reactions because he, he stares off into the camera, right? Like he's not even paying attention to the interviewer anymore. And he's just looking in the camera with this, with this depth of intensity. And he says, you know, basically there is nothing that is more important than this AEW championship. This means everything to me and I, I just oh man I gotta say like <sighs> I love this guy and he's he's the kind of guy who needs to be doing main event programs because he can main event talk <laughs> <laughs> main event talk is an understatement I mean do you reckon do you think he's actually the best talker in AEW possibly I mean tell me who's better <laughs> I mean like, I, I said, like MJF is really good too. Oh yes, you know? um, MJF comes close, and Jericho, of course. I mean, for a minute, I forgot yeah. about Jericho. Like you, you got to put Jericho probably number one. But the thing, the thing is, no one does serious or real better than Kingston, man. Yeah, no, I agree with you. All right, so anyway, getting away from uh, getting away from all that and the great talkers and everything that AEW has, <laughs> all three of them. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to the, we'll move on to the pay-per-view itself and it starts, I don't know if you were as surprised as I would was by this, but it starts with Omega and Hangman. Did that, did that surprise you? Actually it didn't because, um, I've noticed Kenny has been opening up a few times like, the, like this year pretty much. So no, that, that doesn't surprise me, man. All right. Well, right on. What did you think of the match? I thought it was a good, hard-hitting match. I thought that these guys gave it pretty good, you know. But I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting for that match that Kenny can do that you know is supposed to be really great. I, I'm still I'm seeing a lot of good, and I still haven't seen the you know the Japanese Kenny Omega that I keep hearing from. It's leading to it, man. A hundred percent. By the time the Moxie match hap happens, I mean, when does that even happen? Is it the next pay-per-view or further down the road? Have they even announced it? I do. I don't, I don't recall them like making any announcement. They may have after the show. I'll check, but I, I don't think that they've really made any announcement on it yet. So, yeah, I'm not sure when they're going to get there, but you figure that's going to be the big match. That's going to be like big match. Kenny's going to come out. Oh, 100%, man. I mean, I enjoy all these matches. It's pretty rare where he has a bad match. Like, seriously. And when I say yeah. bad... No, I... I, I mean, like... I didn't think that this thinkers. was a bad match either. It's just people... Like, like I told you, I haven't... I never really paid much attention to the Japanese stuff. So, like, I, I watched clips and stuff, and I can see that he's talented. And I, I, like I said, I've seen a couple of his matches, and they're really good. It's not like I'm saying the guy's not a good wrestler. But people talk about him as if like he's this best bout machine. And <laughs> to this point, I've seen a pretty decent bout machine instead of the best <laughs> bout machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, shit. The pretty decent bout machine, huh? Nah, believe me when I tell you, dude, he wasn't number one for nothing, man. You just got to wait and see. I know it's been like way too long. And even like, I don't know if you keep up with being the elite at all. I don't, I, like, yeah, I just don't. There's only so many hours in a day. Well, um, yeah. on one of the more recent episodes, he's complaining because what they do is, I mean, you've seen episodes before, right? Yep. Yeah, well, he's complaining to Tony Khan saying, no more ha-ha, 
It's going to be about me this time. <laughs> like, you know, the cleaners coming back. I'm not going to sit here doing just two stars, you know what I mean? Two star matches. I'm going to be doing you know, seven star matches, you know? When the cleaner comes back, you're going to see a different Kenny, man. And he'll prove why he was number one in 2018, I think. Was it 2018? I think so, yeah. Yeah, well, believe me, Chris, he's the best belt machine for a reason. They're just teasing it. Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man, because I do like in-ring work, and I do like his in-ring work. Like, this match was a really solid, good in-ring match, right? Like, it. again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to crap on it because I do like his work. I think that both him and Hangman are, like, real talents in professional wrestling. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing like the the best bout. You know what I mean? I'm looking forward to really seeing that. And it's been a year of AEW and so far, like I said, it's been pretty okay, but not not anything that I would call the best, you know. You'll see. That's a lot to I, say. I, I, I trust you, man. I trust you. And you know, it, and it's not just you either. Like I like I hear it from lots of people that he's this great. So I'm looking forward to it. Anyway. Like I don't know if I don't know if you guys ever got this, but um, last year when AEW um, was first starting, TSN put out like a like Kenny. an hour long or about Kenny, yeah, and it it was great, it was awesome, and like getting to see him wrestle, like uh, when he was like a real like young kid, getting to see him wrestle in like different venues in Winnipeg, that was pretty fun too. So, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing it. I I hope that uh, I hope that this next. This next program with Moxley will uh, will bring it out in him, and uh, you know this is this is a feud that they can go back to, right? Like a year from now, they can come back to this. That's the nice thing about good like long term booking and storytelling is you can go back to stuff, you know. So oh, looking we... forward to it. But no, sorry, continue on, Chris. Oh, I was just gonna say, but let's get to the next match. Um, it's Orange Cassidy and John Silver. And um, <laughs> I got to say, I, uh, as a person who's been like touting that people need to not let Orange Cassidy get away with his bullcrap, I really <laughs> loved, I really loved that, <clears throat> that one of the first things John did was rip out his pockets. Oh, that was awesome, was man. Like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, but you know what really fucking dumb I hit him with that match? Like John Silver pretty much dominated that whole match, right? Don't you think? Oh yeah, for sure. And he was physically impressive too. Like someone was saying he's only five foot four, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate in professional wrestling, but that dude is strong. If you watch being the elite, you will know why he's mm -hmm. so over. Like he's really growing on me, this little cunt. I'm telling you. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's ha ha. He'll never get too far, but Hey, I prefer him over fucking Marco stunt. Yes. A hundred percent. Marco stunt. Uh, reminds me of my little sister and, <laughs> and and silver reminds me of wolverine right now so I'm he's, he's real short but dude's got something i really i i he liked does. his i liked his part in this match you know we called it on the you know on the preview show that this was definitely going to be cassidy getting the win yeah. he does here he gets the the three count after his is it the beach break was it the beach break? uh it was Okay, I thought it was the Superman punch, whatever he calls it, the fishy squeeze. I don't even fucking know. Some fucking orange juice. Something ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I liked this match because um, like it was a good it was a good back and forth wrestling match. And I do, like I said, I really liked Silver's work here because he's he's short. He still looks like a professional fighter. You know what I mean? Does, I, I like his look. And he's able to physically control. And I know like Orange Cassidy is not the biggest guy in the world, but you know, Silver looks like looked like he really was not having a hard time with it. So I like the match. I liked that they were both able to get themselves over a little bit. And I do have to say, like, you know, people people might not particularly like the fact that you and I have negative opinions on a lot of stuff on AEW. But I will say this: this match was a really good wrestling match. And there is no chance that they would have been given this opportunity in the WWE. Silver was tossing fucking Orange Cassidy like a piece of shit. Yeah. He, he really, he, man, that little fucking run is not fucking weak. I'm telling you, man. And John Silver no seriously way, has been the MVP of AEW for the last month. Yeah. 
well, like I said, it was good here. I liked it. And again, props where props are due. Like AEW is giving guys like this a chance to actually shine. I think that these two guys really took it and and ran with it. Because if they were in a if they were in the WWE, they'd be getting thirty second job squashes or or they'd be well running after our truth. You're kind of half right because they were in WWE. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, no. they were. They, were they as themselves the same characters? Right. I mean, the same even ring gear. And a week later, they turned up on Dynamite. Okay, well, it's definitely the better place for them. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get squashed. Them. They'll get squashed by Braun Strowman, and ah, <laughs> yeah. So, right. but it's funny that you brought that up because they were in WWE and they were job guys. All right, well, yeah, good. I I know what I'm talking about, and I don't even know I know what I'm talking about. It's awesome. <laughs> so next up, we've got the uh, TNT Championship between Cody Rhodes and Meth Sting. <laughs> Boy, was this fucking disappointing, man. No sting, no payoff. That was fucking dumb. Man, okay, so the entrance just made me laugh. Like, what What was that? What's going on? Why Why is Darby Allen just like, why does he love smashing windows so much? Maybe because he was hanging out for some fucking crack, dude. I don't know. He's like, he's like a really angry person. Like, I don't understand. And he smashed the window with his damn car with his buddy still inside. Like, if I'm his oh, no. friend, I'm like, dude, did you see? Are you having like yeah, meth withdrawals? Get the fuck out of here. He was hanging out, dude. <laughs> Just hanging out in the car. Uh, all right. Anyway, booked these guys shit, had a pretty dude. decent match. Like, I I liked the match. It was it was you know, pretty decent back and forth. Um, Darby Allen just kind of did what he does, though. Like in terms of. I mean, he just puts himself through a car wreck every single time he's out there. Like, settle well, down, bro. Didn't fucking Cody have his fucking the Nightmare Collective around the ring, right? You would have thought they would have, like, stopped that from happening. Good, Like, I'm happy for Darby and shit, right? But, like, why do the Sting thing without Sting, man? Like, they so I, fucking... I don't know. Fucking seriously. But anyway, like you said, it was a decent match. Is he going to yeah. have that belt? Yeah, him? I mean, um, you know what? I really hope that he does. Um, I don't like the T. I feel like the TNT title has been hot shotted a little bit. Yeah, and, it's, um, it has, definitely. I get why if TNT is saying, hey, we want, we want, you know, we want Cody to have the belt. We want Cody to be doing it or whatever. I get why they might say that. But if you're the, if you're booking a wrestling program, you need to be able to explain to the company that you're working for. This is why we're not doing that. I hated that they took it off of Brody Lee so quick. Yeah, I feel too. like they just missed, they missed huge opportunities having it on Brody Lee. And it just felt like, it felt like, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It felt a lot like, you know, Hey brother, brother, I'm going to need that belt back. Cause, uh, <laughs> uh, uh because TNT said that uh, they want me to have it. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, TNT called and and said that, brother, brother. You know what I mean? It just felt like wrestling garbage that led to that. Well, so. let's be honest. What the fuck are they doing with Brody Lee anyway? What I don't fuck? know. How, how do you he, fuck him up, dude? And it's been like two companies now have fucked him up. Yeah, but this is even worse, I think. And I think he's got a good thing going, but does he need the Dark Order, you think? Uh, no, I really don't think that he needs that. I think that he needs to be, I mean, it's right there in the name, man. Like, who does he need to be? Exactly. He needs to be Bruiser Brody. They just need to resurrect the, 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 the Bruiser idea and, and, and I mean, you know, maybe modernize it. it a little bit. No, I mean, and that's it. Bringing back violent as fuck, like a reincarnation. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Being yep. the Puerto, Puerto Rico version. <laughs> well, because he's so he's and, and the thing is is like he's got the right size, right? He's got the right look for he it. Not just like him too. not I just mean, his fine. face looks like Brody, but I mean he's a big dude, and especially in a place like AEW where there's so many, you know, John Silvers and <laughs> you know, Orange Cassidy's, that guy looks like he would murder somebody, right? Legit. I mean, what is he? Like six yeah. six? Six yeah, five, and six, he looks he's like he's a grown ass man and he looks like you know a man he'll he kill looks you like a man yeah literally i mean he does yeah. are they doing this reverse 
WWE sort of thing, not reverse, same thing. Like, you know how WWE don't like putting guys that are not theirs that they created over? I mean, they do, like AJ Styles. And obviously, there's plenty of wrestlers, but, you know, the conception is WWE don't like putting over guys that are not their own. It seems like AEW is kind of doing that, except for Jericho and Moxley, obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you have to take each talent as an individual and you have to sort of book based on what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. Like, uh, I think that the, the problem, the big problem that TNT, I think like, or, uh, TNA, sorry, TNA, the TNA <laughs> ran into in terms of, yeah, the problem that TNA, I think ran into in terms of like the recycling WWE talent was that they just tried to turn everybody into a top star. Like they were booking Brian Christopher as if he was a fucking top star, rest in peace. <laughs> You know, no, no doubt. gave us gave us lots of entertainment and everything. Not he not did. talking shit, but no. But that's not a main event draw. That's not a main event guy. No, he's not. <laughs> he, you know, and and I mean AEW so far, like they are pushing former WWE guys, but they're pushing former WWE guys who are main event caliber professional wrestlers. Of like, course, these yeah. are guys who really can get over. So like Jericho Moxley, but. They just got to let him be and let him run fucking riot, man. Absolutely. And I think like my own personal taste, like, you know, we discussed this last week. I feel like it's funny to say meth sting and everything, but, <laughs> and, and obvious. And like, honestly, I'm not a, I'm not a skateboarder. So the yeah, whole like skateboarding up a ramp or whatever, those <laughs> the, like, I don't care. I, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't make him look cool to me, but <laughs> I do think that he's got some serious physical charisma. He reminds me of Jeff Hardy, like a young Jeff Hardy. Yeah, that's actually a really good comparison. Yeah, yeah. So I hope he keeps the belt for a while. I, I'd love to, and I'd love to see the the belt be more active. Like when they first started talking about bringing in a second title, I was really hoping that they were going to do something approaching like the WCW TV Championship. That's what I wanted um, too. Which is, you know, and they can still do that same similar thing, obviously. By just and just call it the TNT title. Um, I would like to see it defended more often, um, even if it's in quick matches. You know, five minute, six minute matches or whatever. You you can still get the importance of the championship over in quick matches like that on TV. I feel like when you see somebody holding a belt and they're just walking around with it and they never do anything with it on TV, I feel like sometimes that just becomes like there's it, it becomes a prop whereas i feel like if it's defended more regularly on tv you get the idea of oh this is like an active championship that could change and you know i feel like that's a good way also to get a guy over with the belt if if we see if we see two straight months of you know once every two weeks this guy's making a defense and he's winning the and he's winning his matches after a couple of months you do start to respect him as a champion you'll you will help get him elevated well they, they've started and stopped with Darby a few times man so hopefully this time like the thing is he's pretty over with the fans without the fans you can't really like tell he does have a cool entrance theme though man in my opinion oh yeah he's like I think that there's really something there with them. Like when I, when I said like all joking aside, like last week when we were doing the review, I said, jokes aside, I think this guy could actually be AEW's version of Sting, right? Because you got to remember, like when when Sting first debuted in WCW, he wasn't like he wasn't winning the title right away, no, right? No, he he not. had some work. They had some work to do with them to build him, right? And they built him as sort of like that character that you could tell the fans appreciated and attached themselves to. And in a lot of ways, he was almost the stand-in for the crowd. You experienced what was happening in WCW through Sting, right? Oh, yeah. And I feel like you could do a very similar thing with, with Darby Allen, where the, the crowd could sort of experience AEW through him. And I think there's lots of room to grow, you know, both – you know, both figuratively and literally, because um, I think he needs to be a little bigger. Like I, th he needs to put on some muscle. Um, oh, definitely, but, definitely. But I think there's really something to him. I, I really do. I, I think he's. I think he's a really bright star. As long as he puts on some fucking muscle mess, but fucking get off the fucking meth, dude. Yeah, stop, stop Misty. doing meth and eat some cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, we have uh, Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. 
Hmm. Um, oh, God. Exactly. This was the worst match <laughs> of the night, man, by a mile. These two uh, do not have any chemistry whatsoever, and nope. Nyla just can't fucking work. I legitimately have yet to see, like, and I've I've watched a few matches of hers, and I know... I know there are some people who are really big Nyla Rose fans. Like you get into it with people on, you know, on, on the, you know, on, on the Twitter, um, on the Twitter? about Nyla Rose. And there are some people who are really like seriously gung ho for, for, <laughs> I, I have yet to see a match where I even think she's competent. Look, I, I totally agree, but I also get why people probably like her, him, shim, whatever, whatever, <laughs> them, whatever he is. Well, she, sorry, I can't, Anyway, the point is, right, He's he's got a good thing. Oh, fucking hell, I keep saying he. <laughs> no offense to the snowflakes. But anyway, if she actually fucking, because her, her image is good, right? If they booked, yes. if they booked her, like, like I said a few days ago, just book her for what she is, man. I get it. She's Nyla yeah. Jax. She's AEW's version of Nyla Jax that fucking probably... Hurts people, botches people. I mean, always botches. Can't work for shit. But you know what? Do the Ultimate Warrior style, man. Just run fucking riot and out. You know what I mean? Arrive, raise hell, leave. Just let her fucking run over fucking bitches. Yeah, I mean, that's about the only way that I can see her really working out here. Because I don't... I've been watching her now for a year. And I haven't seen anything that even approaches a match that is safe. I don't even need it to be a great match. Just just be safe. Don't be injuring people. And it just feels like she is always one step away from hurting somebody. And I don't know if that's just about the size difference or if it or if it has something to do with uh, the fact that she was born a man and has and still you know, is a man. Yeah. Is that politically correct, me saying that? They want me to say she, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's, so can it's I say not scientifically inaccurate to say. Yeah. So, <laughs> but what's the problem? Like, I don't get what these I, people honestly, fucking man. want. I mean, she has a dick. Or do I say he has a dick? I, I mean, how I do you say it? How do you put it? I don't like, even know. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Know. Like, how the fuck do you put this? Anyway, there's only one match that I actually thought was was great. And that was against, um, oh my God, how did I forget her name? Kenny's fucking girlfriend. The Japanese girl, man. Fuck, I forgot her name. Can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> God. I can't remember either. But you know I know what, what you're talking about. about, though. That teeny tiny little Japanese yeah. girl, yeah. If you remember, there was a match between them two, I think when Nyla actually got the belt, the women's belt. Right. That match was actually quite good. Like, it was pretty good, actually, more than good. But that was the only time. Everything else is just... Let's just keep moving. Yep. So Hikaru Shida goes over in a stinker of a match. <laughs> and I really just hope that they move on to something with Serena Deeb or with somebody else who can work. Because I do like Shida. Um, I do too, yep. But, but Nyla Rose just legitimately is not a very good professional wrestler. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on now. We're going to be talking about four um, four pretty good professional wrestlers. Uh, as the next match here is the AEW Tag Team Championship, uh, FTR defends against the Young Bucks. Wow. Uh, what did you think of the match, Jimmy? Funny. At first, I thought the first half of the match actually sucked, believe it or not. Yeah. I thought it picked up midway, and then it was a great match. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I still have problems with... I still have problems with situations where um, guys think they're selling <laughs> and selling. I don't, I don't even know what to call what they're doing because <laughs> like in selling? the beginning of this match, in the beginning of this match, there's a lot of emphasis on Matt's leg, right? Yep. And Oh, can he finish the match? Is he going to be able to do his offense? Is he going to be able to this and that? And can, you know, can they possibly win with this handicapped? But then, like, there's a there's a segment here where he hits like multiple drop kicks in a row, <laughs> and you're like, I guess your leg's okay, bro. <laughs> and then his back was fucked. <laughs> yeah, and then his back is back is hurting, and it's like, I, 
I don't know, man. To me, that's not selling. That's playing. And <laughs> that doesn't look good on the Play. fucking TV. I told you it was play school, dude. Remember? Play school. Play school. <laughs> well, look, the bucks of... You know what, man? Their problem is is selling. They never fucking sell properly, man. They never have. If anybody says that otherwise, they're full of shit. They're a great tag team, but... I mean, it can't... Like, I don't... I just... I can't understand exactly what the hell they're doing out there because... You know, one minute it looks like he's doing a pretty good job of selling, and it it does like legitimately. It looks like he's doing a really good job selling, but then yeah, all of a sudden drop kick on an injured knee, or a <laughs> super kick on an injured knee, or a, like the other week, like that drove me nuts, man. He's selling his knee as if he can't even stand. <laughs> legitimately, there was there was two points there where his brother couldn't get a tag in because. Matt was selling his leg so bad. And then the finish of the match, like the finishing sequence, he runs halfway across the ring and connects with a spear. And you're just like, what the f- <laughs> a how are you running on that leg? A spear though, by a fucking vanilla yeah. midget. Well, and that's the other thing, right? If you're if you're not even 200 pounds and you're trying to spear somebody, I don't know. What are you doing? How stupid does it look, man? By a fucking twi- uh, It looks about as effective as Gilbert's spear. <laughs> Oh uh, man, look, I don't want to shit on it too much. It was a good match. I don't know either. This was a good match. All, all four of these guys can really work. They do excellent sort of. moves. They can't sell. Yeah, like, yeah, the moves that they do are good. I really feel like FTR are the best tag team in the world. Mm. Um, well, like, as in th- that are currently active? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a hard one, man. But look, Let's be real. Is it that many good tag teams in all of professional wrestling right now? There, there are not nearly enough really good tag teams in professional wrestling right now. And um, I don't know. I'm going to be paying attention. And it's not like, it's not like I'm giving up on the young bucks or anything. They can turn this into something really cool, and I'd be happy to watch. But they got to stop that selling for eighty <laughs> percent of the match, and then turning into superman at the end it drives me nuts it's like i don't there's a huge disconnect there where i just i'm watching it and like you know we've said this before right like we are the people who this show should be focused on we're guys who used to be professional wrestling fans right we've both kind of stepped out and we're not really watching much anymore and we're trying to get back into it i think that you and i both want to watch aew and enjoy it and we do when it's good but then there's stuff like this where you're just like, that looks bad. It looks bad. And and the, you got all these people saying like, oh, but there's, you know, you you didn't see everything that they did in the VFW hall in, <laughs> you know, 2016. I don't give a shit about that. I'm trying to watch it right now. And if you're doing this silly shit where you're selling, 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 <laughs> and then for the final segment of the match, there's no selling at all. And you're just doing 800,000 fucking moves and suddenly your knees. Okay. And then after, once you get the pinfall, you're holding your knee again. It's like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see that shit. Even in those VFW fucking PWG halls, right? The bucks haven't changed, man. They've been exactly the same, the same sort of style. Like it's, it's just a typical bucks match, man. Yeah. But it is what it is. Do you think yep. FTR okay. actually got so, buried a little bit, by the way? I mean, I I hate that they switched these belts so quick. I think, like, to me, them losing these belts already was a lot like what happened with Brody Lee, where he's losing the match, and I'm just like, why? Why did we do this? Why are we switching this so quickly? Apparently, they're not happy either. Apparently. I don't know if that's just kayfabe or... Hmm. They came out and said they didn't like the way they, they got booked, so... Who knows? I wouldn't I wouldn't like it either. I thought that they came in with a decent amount of heat. I did like how they came in, but I mean very quickly they're just getting buried here. I don't like it. I mean, they can turn it into something. Obviously, you know, it could be like this Wednesday they get a rematch and they stomp the box. I don't know. It could happen, nah, right? No, nah, no. Nah, and nah. it could just be a thing where they're doing that. But I feel like I don't know. I just feel like you kind of run the risk of hot shotting and now the Bucks are going to have a long run. I'm telling you, now that they got the belt, I just don't yeah. see him dropping it for like eight months. I, 
I mean, honestly, with the way that they've been selling, I wouldn't be surprised if that's literally the segment we get on Wednesday is just Matt Jackson going for a fucking run. Man, he's fine. <laughs> he won't even mention his knee, probably. Uh, yeah, but like somebody was saying to me the other day, oh, like you should have seen like Matt did this great thing where he was selling his back for like a full year. And I'm like, yeah, but was he true. selling that's his back true. for like a full year? Not a full Was he selling it the same way he's selling his knee where his back hurt him <laughs> super bad for 80% of the fucking match? And then at the end, he was doing 450 splashes and shit to finish. Like that's not... That's not selling. <laughs> 450 well, look, I'll, I'll give you one thing. I remember when that back injury actually first happened, supposed back injury, and this is back in New Japan, right? And he did sell the back injury here and there. Conveniently, he'll remember he's got a bad back, and it seems like he still has a back problem. But, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, we're moving on. Uh, we get to see one of these just insane home videos of party um oh, i love God. these stupid things man they're ridiculous but they're so much fun like what yeah. did you think what did you think of the elite deletion match you know what i actually thought that impact does matt hardy the best <laughs> that's what was going through my head man even I right i dare say wb even did it a little bit better too than AEW. possibly has matt hardy been i see actually we're getting on a trend here has Matt Hardy been guilty of bad booking as well in AEW? Well, well, has AEW been guilty of bad booking for Matt Hardy? Sorry. I think so. I think that Matt Hardy needs to be farther up the card. I mean, even if he's doing these kinds of matches, it needs to be with somebody of like immediate value. And I don't mean that to, to talk shit about Sammy Guevara, who I think legitimately has like a future as like a you know potential world champion if he can learn how to talk even just a little bit but this this should not like this was what three straight matches between these two and i'm just <laughs> i don't care anymore who wins this do you know what i'm saying neither do i bro <laughs> like i don't even know why they had another match i get it i know what they're trying to do but look man it was all right for what it was it was funny bit of haha it was funny it was fun. I personally really liked seeing Gangrel and Hurricane again. Oh, God. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? That was yeah, weird. That was fun. I loved it. It was good, but but I hated the end as well with Sammy Guevara with that stupid fake blood spot. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. It goes... It, it's it's one of those things where I think that this Matt Hardy stuff, like, it either works for you and it doesn't. And even if it does work for you, you can... I think it overstays its welcome at a certain point. Does that make sense? I think that you can go overboard with it and then you've jumped the shark a little bit. I agree, dude. 100%. I think I even think that this broken Matt Hardy thing is, has run its course, man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Is it just me or, or has it run its course? I don't know how they could possibly continue with it at this point. Like, but then where do you go? Version one again, I know he alternates yeah. between the characters and shit, but like, where do you go? Is it time for him to retire possibly? Yeah, I don't know. I think like, I would like to see him retire at some point while he can still walk. Like <laughs> he, you know what? He does limp a lot. You could tell he's, Oh dude, his, you can tell his back is wrecked just by the way that he walks. Cause he walks kind of upright with his legs moving, but his back doesn't. And he looks rough, but anyway, he gets the pinfall. He gets the win here. Private party sort of help take uh, sort of help take Sammy Guevara out. All right. So anyway, we get away from the uh, we get away from the the home video, the Hardy family home video, and uh, we're party. moving back into wrestling. The <laughs> yeah. Hardy party. Holy Jesus! All right. <laughs> so we get back to uh, what I guess is the second most important match of the night here. It's MJF versus Chris Jericho. Um, what were you expecting coming into this? Not for the for the finish being what it was. <laughs> I was expecting a Wardlow turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or 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 they turn on Jericho and MJF was like the leader all along, which I think is going to happen. Yeah, I think that that's where they're where it's leading to as well. But um, eh, this was okay. I kind of liked like. MJF isn't like the greatest in-ring guy. That's uh, not no. really his strength. No, no it's no, not to no. say that he's no good. Like, no, he's no, still no, solid. No, yeah. It's not bad, but I mean, he's only still twenty-four. Man, 
I know that's crazy, man. Every time that I hear crazy. somebody mention how old he is, I'm just like, I can't believe it. This guy's <laughs> like, this guy's got what two decades still before he even starts to really decline as, as far as professional wrestling. Dude, the scary part is he's not even at his peak yet. I know. I know. Dude <laughs> yeah. has money written all over him. I did I, like this was a fine match. It, I mean, Jericho is not really having five star matches anymore, and MJF. No isn't really built for them uh but i kind of like the story that they told in this match i liked how it ended you know kind of like a callback to the eddie guerrero thing where yeah. mjf was like oh he hit me with the bat he hit me yeah, with it right? that was cool that was like that was one of my oh dude like that eddie moment was one of my favorite wrestling moments ever oh, for sure. like, oh, he hit me with the, he hit me with the chair <laughs> i love that but uh i agree but anyway you know so mjf wins and uh you know with the distraction he's able to get a pin and everything so he wins he gets to join and uh you know the inner circle gets a little bit bigger um i'm with you i kind of was i kind of was thinking that maybe we would see like a wardlow turn but i'm happy with this like i i feel like there's enough talent in this program that i'm willing to just say okay fuck it. i'll follow like, yeah, no, I'll no, just, no. I, I'm, I'm happy to just see where this goes. Uh, look, look, it's going to be amusing either way. Yeah. So anyway, uh, moving on, we're going to we're going to get to the main event here. It's the AEW World Championship. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in an I quit match. <laughs> um, OK, the, the match was mostly kind of how I envisioned it going. Uh, it was brutal. <laughs> There were moments of it that were hard to watch. Uh, I think that that's, I think that that's Moxley's wheelhouse. I know that might sound is, weird dude, it is. for a main event guy, but, but that's I think his wheelhouse to is to be, yeah, like to be slightly difficult to watch. It's CZW, man. It's CZW Moxley. That's what this is all over again. <laughs> right. What all did we have here? We had thumbtacks. We had uh, uh, barbed wire. Barbed wire rubbing alcohol. That one was oh, fun that looking. was fucked. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I like the way that these guys worked together. They seem to really get a lot out of each other. I didn't like. I did. I just don't like the booking of the end because I feel like now there's this tendency to say, well, if a guy can talk well enough, he can get himself back no matter what happens, right? Right. And. I question whether that's true. And here's my example for why I question that. Kevin Owens. Hey, you're right, man. Kevin Owens is one of the best talkers in wrestling, but he has not been anywhere near where he was after that Goldberg match. Like, well, you think he's, that was bad booking. And you're telling me that he's still disheartened since then. You think? I don't know if he's disheartened, but I just mean he's not as interesting as he was before that. And he talks well. So that's what I mean. Like, so Kingston, I really feel like Kingston should have won this match. I like, I really feel like they should have switched the title, even if it was just for a month or for, or till the next pay-per-view or whatever, if they wanted to get it off of him right away, I really felt like they needed him to get this. Well, they could have at least done a Kane run, right? Remember when he won the, the WWE title for like a day? A day, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, why not even do that, that? Even that would have, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I just felt like if they're doing this thing and I feel like they want to as a company where guys aren't good guys and guys aren't bad guys, they're, they're shades of gray. They're tweeners I got to be honest with you, like, <laughs> And okay, fine. If you want to do that, I don't. I don't think that actually works full time. But there's always got to be a fucking clear heel and a clear baby face. That's what fucking gets over. But we're talking about AEW. But then again, WWE is guilty of this too. So, oh, for sure. But I just felt like I just felt like the person who you're pulling to win this match is Kingston, because. Moxley, yeah, he's like, he's got a gripe about, oh, well, you were my friend and now you're just going after the title. But I mean, if you're watching, if you're watching this and it's a real match and it's a real, like, let's pretend it's real combat, right? And you've got one guy who's been a champ all over the place, right? He's been champion, he's been champion, he's been champion, 
right? He's always at the top of the card. He's always considered great. He's, you know, in the top 20 or on the, of the PWI insiders list and like all this other stuff, right? He's, he's the, he's sort of a golden boy, right? In spite of him being a little bit of like a counterculture or whatever. Right. And then you've got this other guy who has been working his ass off and grinding and grinding and grinding, but just does not get the shot doesn't ever get the shot and then he finally gets the shot i'm telling you man if this is real combat sports if we're watching a boxing build or an mma build the guy who's never got his shot is the guy who the crowd's cheering for oh no doubt i i agree but like it was what you said on this on the wednesday night skirmish dude yep it was too good for Tony Khan to even fucking think of, man. So, you know what Thanks, I mean? Brother. Unfortunately, it is what it is, right? So, all right. So the end of the match, basically, Mox has got him in the bulldog choke. Uh, he takes out some barbed wire, adds the barbed wire to it, and uh, Kingston just says, I quit. <laughs> Which was a real letdown for me. Um I Look. I just I didn't like the booking here. I don't I don't know. It was a good match. It was exciting. These guys absolutely went out there and bled for you. You know what I mean? They were working really hard. I I can't fault the guys. Um, I just the booking to me is very flat. It just sums it up. Like mm. if they okay, wanted so- to bring some fucking interest, I mean, like you said, they should have booked fucking Kingston for the win, but. Look, at least he's at least he gets some sort of fucking due, you know what I mean? Because he he was in the main event of a pay per view after all, right? Yeah, a month ago he was being talked about as a one time you're just in here to have your one match and then go away type of thing, and now he's main eventing pay per views, which you can't complain about too much. No, you can't. So I guess we're being a bit, you know, maybe uh, spoiled <laughs> or ungrateful I mean... is probably the better word. Yeah, I feel like you could probably look at at it like that, but I just think that it makes way more sense for the booking. It's way stronger booking to do it the other way. And I mean, they didn't go with it. So anyway, that was the end of the match. Um, Kenny Omega comes out. Uh, there's a little stare down. Looks oh, like they're going to have their match. And that's what we, we forgot. Get the... We forgot to mention earlier that Kenny came out in the Bucks match, if you remember. And uh, didn't Hangman come out as well? Oh, probably. I, I try to forget as much of the Bucks matches as I possibly <laughs> But yeah, Kenny no, comes out. No, you're right. But Kenny comes out, celebrates. Uh, I mean, yeah, with the Bucks, I think, as well. No, Kenny sort yep. of... What am I talking about? Kenny came out at the end to challenge Moxley, basically. And yep. we know this one's going to be the most obvious thing because Kenny's going to get over. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping for a really great match. And it will be, if dude. they're gonna if they're gonna switch the belts, I'm okay with it because I do think that Kenny's like I think he's a, a very, very good professional wrestler. I'm I'm really struggling with this character though. I feel like if they do switch it, they're either gonna have to do something where this character is a little bit easier to comprehend, um, or they're going to have to just really focus on his in, in ring ability, which I would be totally fine with dude. Like I'm, I'm a Bret Hart guy. You show me a fighting champion. Who's just aces inside the ring. I'm cool with that, but I don't know, just some of the stuff that he says, some of the stuff that he does, I don't know if it's like overacting or if it's just yeah, bad yeah. timing. Like, I'll tell you what he's doing, dude. Uh, look, his favorite wrestler growing up was actually HBK. Think about it. He's got those similar yeah, fucking Jesus. sarcastic like, sort of way of selling, if you get what I mean. I do, and it's not even – I don't even mean in the ring. I mean, in the ring, he's pretty good. Like, there's a few things that I would say he needs to tighten up on. Like, I know a couple of weeks ago he had that match with Pentagon, and within, I don't know, two minutes he was doing that Terminator spot, and it's yeah, like yeah. that Terminator spot can get over. I don't mind the Terminator spot. be over, dude. But that should be a thing – but that's a thing that you need to do once you've beaten down your opponent a little bit. And it makes sense that your opponent is barely standing on the outside and needs a second to like, you know, get themselves situated and they're trying to stand up and they're dizzy. And, and then that Terminator spot makes sense. But if you're doing that Terminator spots within two minutes of a match, your opponent should just walk out of the way and let you fall flat. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, no, he doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Like your opponent shouldn't be so woozy at that point that you can do this whole, you know, pound the ring, ba bum bum ba bum ba bum bum ba bum thing. Like it, I, I don't know. So there's things like that, but I think he's really solid in ring. I just mean like listening to his promos sometimes, I have a real disconnect with it because it's like I don't. What is this guy even fucking talking about? Like I was watching some of his promos from Japan even. Right. And he's talking after he, uh, after he finally won the the match with Okada and he's when like, he won the I had to, and he's yeah. And he's like, I had to eat a man's heart today. <laughs> I had to take a man's soul today. Like and I'm just like, <laughs> but he does talk like this. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this review. Uh, the pay-per-view was... Um, what would you give it out of 10 if you had to score it? But continue what you had to say first and then tell me what yeah, you... Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to say, like, for a wrestling pay-per-view that's going on right now, I felt like, okay, first of all, it's a little too long, but all wrestling oh. pay-per-views right now are way too damn long. Uh, that's one thing that I will say for NXT is their big shows they get the damn job done and you go home and that's great. I feel like this was too long. Um, but I do feel like they gave you your money's worth tonight. Uh, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Cause I do feel like the talent on the show worked really well. Uh, they worked hard. They had good matches. Um, there weren't a lot of like major botches aside from the <laughs> Sheeta match. Um, it's just bad. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I, but I will say, I will say, I, I I'm going to stick by what I said when I started this, I think the two best things in this whole night were on the kickoff. Like, I, I love, I love Deeb's match. Yeah, of course. And I loved that. And I loved that interview with Kingston at the beginning, I, but, but you everything else was that, like, there was still lots of good. But you just said the, the pre-show was better than the main show, but you gave it an eight out of ten. <laughs> How does yeah, that work? Well, because I think that I think the pre-show deserves to be a part of it, right? And I and I feel like everything was pretty good. Without the pre-show, I would say this thing gets like a maybe a six and a half, maybe a seven out of ten. Cause it's still guys that are working hard, they're going out there, they're bleeding for you, they're 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 killing themselves for the show. I you know, I, again, like I'm not personally like invested in the Bucks, but I can see that those guys are killing themselves to try to make the show good. Oh, no, I just think that they're course. doing it wrong. Look, I'm a fan but, of the Bucks. Don't get me wrong, right? And I've probably shat on them way more than I should be, right? Look, the thing about <laughs> the thing, the thing is with the Bucks, it's the same old match, though. You know what I mean? It's same spots, same sort of rhythm. There's right. like a you run into you run into almost like a, the Ric Flair problem. And I know that's going to piss off some wrestling fans, but <laughs> I, I personally felt like anything after about 95, every single Ric Flair match was the exact same goddamn Ric Flair match. <laughs> there, there was, there was going to be some chops. He was going to do a cell where he looked like he was fine for a second and then fall flat on his face <laughs> He was going to go up to the top rope. He was going to get taken down from the top rope. He was going to flip over uh, the top rope backwards when he lands on his feet the, in the corner. Every single goddamn spot was exactly the same. And that's why, like, me personally, when I was growing up even, people would tell me Ric Flair was the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> and I would just look at him like, <laughs> he's the best booked wrestler of all time. 24 world titles, I or guess, the best but... Or the best fucking shark in the fucking tank. Really? I, I mean, and that's not to say that I don't, again, like I have a lot of appreciation for what Ric Flair no, did. He was, I know. He, was a, he was technically good, right? In that, like I said, what, you, what it needs, what it takes to be a really good technical wrestler is you need to make it look like it hurts without injuring people. And I feel like Ric Flair did a really good job of taking care of the people that he was in the ring with. I feel like he deserves a lot of respect for his charisma, for his promos. You know, he deserves a lot of respect for all those kinds of things. But yeah, the Bucks, I feel like, are getting into that Ric Flair rhythm where it's the same damn match every single time. And I'm just like, ah, do something different, guys. Like, 
and learn how to sell properly. It's been fucking 15 years, man. Come on. Yeah. If your knee is broken, you can't run halfway across the ring and then spear someone. That's <laughs> just, that's pretty simple. Especially if you're about, and there's certain pounds. offense. Yeah. And there's certain offense that you need to be able to use your knees for. Well, a spear <laughs> is one of those things. Like, if you're going to hit a guy uh, in a football game, right? If you're going to tackle somebody, a lot of that power is going to come from your legs. Well, if your <laughs> knee is fucked, you can't do it. Do something well, else. Well, hit a DDT. You don't well, have to have a strong knee to hit a DDT. Yeah, you can even do it on one leg. You don't even have to use You could just, really? and you know, he could have sold that leg and done the DDT. But instead, oh, of course, he had to fucking do a spear, didn't he? Like, what are you doing? Anyway, okay, that's gonna about wrap it up for us. Um, what did you think, Jimmy? Give it a give it a give it a mark out of ten. Probably seven and a half, maybe okay. seven overall. It was better than I expected, though. I was going into it thinking yeah, that's good. Be the jizzling shit. But not the jizzling shits totally, but yeah, like it was better than I thought, man. Yeah, that's good. Well, um, We'll be back to review. I don't know if we're going to be doing raw. It looks like we're going to be reviewing raw here. So get ready for that. PWC fans. Um, If you think we're too harsh on AEW, (laughs) just you wait till we're reviewing WWE. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it for sure. This podcast was brought to you by the Rational Rage Network. Come check us out at rationalragenetwork.podbean.com. You didn't. You didn't. You're too busy blowing snot bubbles and going unconscious. So I guess you didn't tap. So I'm going to make this real simple for everybody. I'm going to end this. November 7th, full beer. I quit. You're going to verbalize it for the entire world. I'm going to beat and torture you until I get my friend back or I end you. Now, finally, for once, when things don't go your way, you'll have nobody else to blame but yourself.